even the most successful people on the face of the planet still struggle. That's what we're going to talk about on today's episode of the Steve Freeman Podcast. Stick around. You're listening to the Steve Freeman Podcast, the real raw truth about the pursuit of success in music, business, and life. Here's your host, hit songwriter, multi-platinum selling producer, and serial entrepreneur, Steve Freeman. I'm Steve Freeman, and welcome back to the Steve Freeman Podcast. It is so good to have you here. While you're here, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us five stars. Leave a review. Who knows? The review you leave might be featured on an upcoming episode of the podcast. If you're not following me on social media, it's easy to do. It's at the Steve Freeman on all social media platforms. If you want to take your career in the music business to the next level, all you have to do to get a great jump start is to take the Artist Development Masterclass. It is available for free for a limited time on my site right now, thestevefreeman.com. Join over 750 other songwriters, producers, engineers, and aspiring music business professionals in taking my artist development masterclass brought to you by the Artist Development Academy. All you have to do is visit thestevefreeman.com and click at the thing at the top there and it'll take you straight there. You register, create your username and password, and over the next seven weeks, I will divulge and give all of the experience I have paid dearly for over the last 25 years in the music business as a songwriter, producer, publishing company owner, record label owner, and I will share with you how I think you need to do things to be successful moving forward. It's the Artist Development Masterclass. It's available for free right now at my site, thestevefreeman.com. All right, let's dive into today's topic. And it all has to do with struggle. Because let's face it, everybody struggles. I think sometimes, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I wake up every morning and I'm looking at the mountain that's ahead of me that I've got to climb, and it just feels like so much struggle. I know that a lot of you spend a lot of time trying to overcome obstacles and trying to get to the top of that next mountain, get to the crest. Um, And we've talked about before how I know for me, when, when I got to the top of the mountain, I thought that was important to me to climb, that I just saw the peak of another mountain. And that's when, quite honestly, sometimes the depression sets in. But I want to take uh, or tell more or less uh, a quick story um, that I think might help you, because I think a lot of times when we are so deep and in the middle of our own struggles and we are so focused on what it is that we're going through and you look out there and sometimes it just feels and it looks like everybody else around us is succeeding. Everybody else is achieving their goals. Everybody else is living their dream. Everybody else is, quote unquote, living their best life. Because if we if we judged reality by what we see on social media, and what people post publicly about what's going on in their lives, it seems like everybody has that never let them see you sweat mentality. And we only see the good stuff. We very rarely ever see the bad stuff. We never see the struggle. And I was watching some interviews because I have been waiting on the movie The Irishman. 
to come out for two years. I remember hearing about this film um, two years ago, and mainly because I am a huge, huge Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Martin Scorsese fan. I've seen every movie that any of those guys have ever been in or any movie they've ever directed or produced or had anything to do with. I have been fast. I don't know if I should admit this or not, but I have been fascinated since I was a kid by the mafia. So I, I, I mean, I've collected, I have every Sopranos DVD set. I've got, you know, the, the posters that HBO would, would send out. I bought every season poster of the Sopranos. I've got all of the original movie posters of the Godfather, the Goodfellas casino. I've got them all. So when I saw that that Martin Scorsese was going to be directing a movie and it was going to star Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, you can imagine how excited that I was. Now, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro have appeared in a couple of films together, but but I didn't know because I, I don't know. I should have known this, but I didn't that Martin Scorsese had never worked with Al Pacino. They've known each other since 1970 but they have never worked on a movie together. So that even got me even more excited. And when you think about the process of making a movie and you think about big budget movies and Hollywood stars, there's a certain process that most films and directors have to go through in order to get a film financed. And the the top rule and, and the general rule of thumb when it comes to getting a film financed is the bigger the stars attached to it, that's how they get the money. They take a script or they take an idea to a production studio or or to a movie studio, you know, a company like Warner Brothers or Paramount or Fox or one of those. And they say, hey, we've got this script. We want you to make this movie and we're asking for X amount of dollars. Now, usually the first thing that happens is the studios or even private uh, financiers of, of independent films. The first thing they want to know is who's attached. And so here you've got probably uh, when all is said and done, one of the top movie directors, film directors of all time in Martin Scorsese. That is not even up for debate. He is in the top five conversation and will be. And then when Martin Scorsese sits down with you and he goes, OK, I've got Al Pacino on board. I've got Al, uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro on board and Harvey Keitel. Now, at this point, they didn't have Joe Pesci on board, but we're going to get to that in just a minute. Every single studio that Martin Scorsese went to to try to get financing for the movie The Irishman turned him down. They said no. And in some candid interviews over the last few weeks leading up to the release of The Irishman, Martin Scorsese was very candid in some interviews about that whole process, about how even he, Martin Scorsese, at the top of the game with casting uh, the two, quite honestly, two of the biggest film stars of all time in Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, could not get a film, uh, a film production company or a studio to finance The Irishman. He said in one video uh, that I watched, one interview that I watched, that a lot of the younger executives felt that for the budget that it was going to cost to actually make this movie, that they didn't feel that Robert De Niro or Al Pacino were big enough names or, or were relevant today 
that would warrant spending that kind of a budget. And maybe it's just the age and maybe I'm just a a huge fan. And and like I said, maybe I'm getting older and I don't understand that. I couldn't imagine being Martin Scorsese. Number one, a studio not willing to bet on anything Martin Scorsese would want to do. And then hearing from these people that they didn't think that Robert De Niro and Al Pacino starring in a film together about the mob uh, would gross very much money, wouldn't make its money back. So here you have one of the top directors of all time paired with two of the biggest stars of all time could not get the film financed. One of the things that I didn't know was that the process of making The Irishman started over 12 years ago. Robert De Niro actually found the book, I Hear You Paint Houses, and it was pitched to him uh, to do a movie about it. So He championed this thing. He got Martin Scorsese involved. They then went to Al Pacino. They were supposed to make this movie nine years ago, and and they couldn't all get on the same schedule. But they didn't give up. We've talked so many times before about consistency and persistence and a willingness to sacrifice. So 10 years goes by. And they keep talking about the project and, and following up on something I was talking about earlier. Joe Pesci wasn't even in, involved in the movie yet. He kept saying no, which is also hard for me to imagine that you've got Robert De Niro bugging the hell out of you about being in this movie. And you keep telling Robert De Niro, no, I've met Robert De Niro in person. I've talked to Robert De Niro It's one of the highlights of my life. We were in the Polo Lounge, at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And after being around the guy five minutes, I don't I wouldn't tell the guy no, but Joe Pesci kept telling him no for eight years. No, I'm not going to do it. I, I feel like I've done this character in Casino and I did this character in Goodfellas. And I don't want to just repeat and redo because he's been retired for years now. He hasn't been in anything in forever. Finally, after reading about the character and reading the script and and seeing that it's a completely different role, he agreed to be in the movie. So now you've got Martin Scorsese directing. You've got Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Harvey Keitel, and a list of other stars that are in the movie as well. Anna Paquin is in the movie. All these star power people are in this movie and, and, Martin Scorsese could not get a single movie studio to finance the film. So he did something that is anti Scorsese in fashion because he strictly and and adamantly and vehemently believes in the theater. He believes in films. He believes in they should be shown through a projector onto a big screen in a movie theater. So he went against everything that he thought that he believed in. And everything that he thought that he knew. But the project was so important to him that he went to Netflix. And Netflix said, we will absolutely fund this project. And then, of course, the movie comes out last week. Rave reviews. Everybody's talking about it. You know, special CGI stuff to make Al Pacino and all the characters look younger. Um, Whether or not you agree with how that looks or whatever, I loved the movie. It was over three and a half hours long, uh, and I'm sitting there just blown away by the entire thing. It's a great piece of history. It's a great movie. You Watching the movie, you can understand why it was so important to Scorsese, De Niro, Pacino, and Pesci that this thing get made. It's, it's a great story. It's a great movie. 
But what I really want to talk about, what I really want to dive into here is that even the Martin Scorsese's and the Robert De Niro's and the Al Pacino's and the Joe Pesci's of the world still struggle. They still have great ideas that they can't get people to buy into. Now, on the flip side of this, it also forced Martin Scorsese to do something that he wasn't comfortable with, something that he didn't know. He He's not a big fan of Netflix. He thinks movies should be on the screen. But he did what he had to do for the overall goal, for the project, because he knew if he didn't take the money from Netflix, this movie would not get made. And it was that important to him and the other actors and everybody else involved that this movie get made. They had so much invested in it, much like many of you have invested in the pursuit of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, whether you're a songwriter or an artist or a small business owner, and you're trying to build something and you see a very clear vision for it. You can see that movie already playing. You know exactly what it's going to look like. You know that it's going to be a success and you know what you have to offer. You know what you've got. But a lot of times getting other people to buy into that, getting other people to see it, getting other people to believe in it. And in our business, honestly, getting somebody else to finance it. It takes looking outside of the box. It takes doing things that at times we feel are so anti us. They're so far out of the box that we haven't even considered them. But I think there's a lesson to learn here from Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and Al Pacino and the Irishman. That, yes, even the most powerful, the most successful, those that we look at and go, they are at the top. There is no beyond where these guys are. You would love to have nothing more than have a quarter of the success that some of these people have had. It's important to note that they fight the same battles that you and I do. They are not immune to people telling them no. I think the one difference between those successful people and what makes them so successful is that all too often we give up on our pursuit Or we allow the quote unquote movie studios to tell us that we don't think that our project is good enough, that we as songwriters are good enough, that our songs aren't good. When it couldn't be further from the truth, sometimes we are approaching a system and a a business that is oriented against saying yes. No is always the safest word for people in the entertainment business to say. Nobody loses their job over saying no. But we also have to realize that we have a job to do. If you really want to pursue and and ultimately achieve and catch the goals that you have and the dreams that you have, you have to be like Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and Joe Pesci. And no, I'm not talking about being a mobster and making people offers that they can't refuse. I'm talking about understanding that they too struggle. They too get told no. They too are told that they aren't worth the investment. But they don't stop. 
They keep going and they look at outside of the box methods to accomplish the goal that they're trying to accomplish because it's that important to them. And I think that's also something very crucial. And I've talked about this before about passion and profession. And I know so many people that I've worked with in the past have been chasing something so hard that they didn't really want. And I think that ultimately is the reason why so many people give up. If it's something that is a part of you that you feel so strongly about that is just it's almost like it is in your DNA. I don't think you give up on those things. I think those are the ones that you fight and fight and fight until they make happen. That's what these guys did to get the Irishman made. What are you willing to do to get your movie made? And I mean that in a metaphorical sense. But whether it's you're trying to make your debut album or you're trying to get a publishing deal or you're trying to get your business off the ground. What are you willing to do and how long are you willing to be persistent and consistent and how long are you willing to sacrifice to get your film financed? And some of you may be laughing and and some of you may say, Steve, you don't know what you're talking about. But I'm telling you, when you look at stories like this, it is so to me, I think it's an awesome thing to be able to look at people that you that you look up to, that you aspire to emulate. And you see that they have the same exact issues and problems that you have. And it brings them back down to earth and we realize that they're just people, too. But I think the cool thing about people on their level, at their status is that their failure gets played out a little bit bigger on a bigger stage and a little bit more publicly. But along with that also means that their successes get played out on that same level as well. When they prove everybody wrong, like they've proven with the Irishman, everybody's going to know it. And it allows Martin Scorsese to go and sit down in front of cameras and do interviews and share his story of the last 10 years of being told no. When it comes to the Irishman. But yet seeing it fully all the way through to the end, making the movie that he wanted to make the way that he wanted to make it. And finally finding a partner in somebody like Netflix. Who theoretically and philosophically he agrees, he disagrees with constantly. But I also have a feeling that his mind's probably changed on that, too. And everybody has something to learn. If you're in the music business, this is no different than it's like I've said a million times. Every artist that you look up to has been told no by every major label at least twice. Like I said, nobody has ever gotten fired for saying no. Nobody's ever gotten fired for being too careful. But ultimately... It's the risk takers that get rewarded. It's those that are persistent and consistent and that continue to have a willingness to sacrifice that come out on the end. And that's what I hope for you. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me as well. If you haven't already seen The Irishman, Maybe you'll uh, click on Netflix and take a look at it. it the movie may not be your, your cup of tea. It may not be your thing. But maybe after listening to this episode, maybe it would be interesting to go back and watch the movie knowing a little bit about its history. 
It's supposed to be based on a true story. Who knows if what's in the movie is really true. It doesn't really matter. The true story is about how the film got made and the struggle behind it. Even the most powerful, even the most famous, even the most successful among us still struggle. That, to me, is the message. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of the Steve Freeman Podcast. It is so good to have you here. If you haven't already, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Leave a review. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you are watching the video version on YouTube, which is now on a new home, because of all the changes going through uh, on YouTube right now, we have started a brand new YouTube channel that is just exclusively for the Steve Freeman podcast. You can find that at youtube.com forward slash the Steve Freeman podcast. I will also include a link in the show notes below. If you're not following me on social media, I'd love to have you. All you got to do is search at the Steve Freeman on all social media platforms. And by God, there you will find me. I promise you. If you'd like to become a member of my inner circle, you can do that at my site, thestevefreeman.com. And you can just enter your email address. I don't ever share your information or anything like that. But you get a lot of content, access to my blog, and some stuff that just the general public doesn't get to see. Like I said, it's my inner circle. You can find that at thestevefreeman.com. Guys, until next time, keep being creative. Keep pressing the boundaries. And there's nothing wrong with being independent. See you in the next one. Thanks for joining us for the Steve Freeman Podcast. Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Steve on social media at, at the Steve Freeman.